0: Today's episode of The Outfielder Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 99, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J Mac, aka founder numero uno, and I am joined by my co host, Mr. Popfly himself, founder numero dos, Ben. I'm
1: tired of getting left out of the Korean War.
0: Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? hello hello
1: hello what a wonderful drop was that from the randomizer
0: yes it was we have those all on random we have no idea what's going to come of them anymore but i was really hoping that was going to be one of them so it worked out great
1: that's it that's perfect that was a setup for a ted williams flight school commercial that we ran sometime (laughs) in season one (laughs) um and you know if you're going to start an ad why not start it with missing the korean war
0: for sure so I, I, I just think that is one of the best drops there is, but I know there are a ton of great ones left that will play. I, I can't believe on that same note that we're at episode 99 almost at a hundred episodes of this show.
1: Yeah, in fact, I think it's interesting because as we've been ge- gearing up for a hundredth episode Spectacular, uh, we've been listening back to some of those older episodes and trying to find those hidden gems because we definitely remember, you know, Sam fighting against Father Time are you tired of XYZ set up to commercials? But there's also a ton of really weird random stuff like giraffes in the outfield and and all sorts of really good stuff that we're hoping to bring y'all next episode. So tons of good stuff as we get closer to that hundredth episode spectacular.
0: I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to revisit my feud with smash mouth, right?
1: I think that every season we need to revisit. Uh, and I, Let's, let's rebrand it. It's their feud with you. Like you didn't start this fight. It's
0: a very good point. It was a hundred percent them. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. You're sure as heck going to finish it, but you're, you didn't start it. I burned them every time. And so I haven't heard back from those guys. Anyway, we'll get into that later, but that's coming with the hundredth episode. Lots of good things happening. It's good to have you back, man. I feel like you haven't had a chance to be on the show in a little while. I did the episode solo. And then I did the one with Jimmy Midtown and the great Sambino last week. But you and I just haven't had a chance to talk about, I don't know, you know, just a few quiet off season things that have been going on. Yeah,
1: no. um, So as, as many of our listeners know, I've recently been moving, which uh, who'd have thought that when you pack up everything you own and then go to a different location, it becomes hard to get back into the same routine. So uh, I am back. Ben baseball has fully returned from hibernation. Um, You know, for those that are watching on any of the video feeds, um, it's worth noting, I now actually have a setup behind me where it's not a everything goes 400 square foot apartment. So it feels pretty good. There's no holes in my backyard that I know of. So huge, it's nice.
0: Huge. That's another drop that's out there, too. No, uh, so we are talking about this in our Slack chat. So this is going to be baseball tangential for just a second. It's not even, it has nothing to do with baseball and the fact that you have a baseball podcast. But. I said that a month was a sufficient time to be out. A- so, okay, let me set up a couple of parameters here. We had a discussion in our Slack chat between you, me, and the great Sambino the last couple of days. And I said that a month is sufficient time to get moved to a new home. Now, I, I do want to give a couple of parameters given that we are in the off season. And, you know, it's not like we're doing a show every single week. It's more like every week and a half during the off season. But is that fair? Did I, did I overshoot it in your opinion? Did I undershoot it? Talk to me.
1: Uh, I think it's it's a uh, it's a little it's it's hard to say because yes it was only a crosstown move but you know I don't live by myself I have my wife and my two kiddos so it's not like you know I just throw fourteen baseball t-shirts in a box and call it done you know what I mean
0: sure no one hundred percent and that's why I give you the month um, I don't know I, I just I want to make sure I'm fair to you well. Uh, what's this
1: god complex where you decide how much time like I will give you
0: one month, Ben. No. That is what you have. No, no. What I'm saying is for criticizing you for it is what I'm that's saying. Fair. That's fair. Okay. That's yeah.
1: okay. I'm with you. I yeah. was like, how generous of you, Justin, <laughs> in your Red Sox jersey to give me one month.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get into the jersey here in a minute. But yeah, was, no. it's going
1: to be or else what? Like, is there an or else?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Or you're just off the goddamn show. No, it's like it's, it doesn't really work that, that way. way. But my my thing is, I didn't want to be I didn't want to set an unfair expectation for you as far as you know, me giving you a hard time about it—that's where I was coming
1: from. That's all. Totally fair. So, uh, speaking of of hard time, tell me, tell me, what's going on with this jersey? Because it, it looks very crisp, very yes. clean.
0: What's the stitch? So you know me—not a huge jersey guy. Not at all. Do you remember why?
1: Um, I don't. I think you called it like um, athletic cosplay or something. I don't know.
0: N- no. So not exactly. I have a. So, like, having played baseball, you come up with these, like, weird superstitions, right? And that spreads to your everyday life without you realizing it. And everybody's got, like, things that they do, the, like, the way they prefer to do this, that, and the other. You know, there's lots of, like, preferences out there. But these, like, there are things that fall under superstition for me, though. For instance, I, so I've been married for five years, and I have a wedding ring that I wear all the time except I don't wear my my original wedding ring. I wear those silicone bands that are pretty much like for like working out and stuff like that because sure. one they're more it's more comfortable. Two, I'm not going to scratch it all the hell. And three, I just I have a really irrational fear, I guess, of getting that ring caught in something and ripping my finger off, all Jimmy Fallon. And it just it's just one of those things I feel safer and then when I can go out on a nice occasion, I can put the wedding ring on.
1: Hold on, Jimmy Fallon ripped his finger off.
0: Yeah, there was a whole thing where he got it caught in something, and and he had to have like reconstructive surgery on his finger or something like that.
1: Interesting. Yeah, how many years man. of it?
0: Yeah, a couple of years back now, but it's ever since I heard about it, it's, it terrifies the hell out of me. So I wear these silicon band, you know, you know, like wedding ring s things, right? Can I give you an alternative? Yes go like
1: Lord of the Rings and put your wedding ring on a chain necklace as you walk it to Mordor.
0: Not a big necklace guy is kind of the problem. Not a big jewelry cat. Anyway, so I I essentially wear these these different bands all the time and I change the colors based on how the luck is going in my life, be it my teams, my, you know, my company here, my, you know, anything really. If I feel like I need to change it up, I'll go change it up and put a different wedding ring on. It's a sure. weird superstition. It's just something I do. Okay. okay? No no judgment. No, not at all. Uh, I hope not anyway. Uh, I, I'm not judging myself for it. I can tell you that much. And I, to be honest, I really don't care what anybody else thinks about it because it's way more comfortable. But with jerseys, I say all that to say I have a superstition about jerseys. Every time I buy a jersey, that player gets traded or that <laughs> player leaves in the offseason. Okay. Which jersey do you think I'm wearing right now?
1: I can almost guarantee you you're wearing either a Mookie Betts or a David Price jersey. Mm, let's see. Oh, it's price number 10
0: outstanding. Couple of things. Those are the two jerseys I would have ever considered buying in the first place. And they're both play for the Dodgers now, so that's infuriating to say the least. But I love David Price. I love David Price before he even came to the Red Sox. I love that David Price is the guy that the media thinks is an asshole, but the players in the clubhouse love. I've never heard a bad thing about David Price as far as being a clubhouse guy. Never heard a bad thing about him.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting when the Dodgers were dealing for him. Do you think they had to wait for the prices, right?
0: I didn't even give you crickets. I'll give you an applause since you've been out so much lately. That's just Thank you. fantastic. I miss these, these light puns about it. Yeah, but I will say, let me ask you this. The Red Sox paid $48 million in cash of the $96 million that was still owed to David Price. Mm-hmm. Would you consider that, would you put that under the umbrella of cash considerations? I mean, technically it is, but like... Cash considerations to me is just like a few you know, like a couple hundred thousand or whatever to make up for the value of a player. Yeah, not
1: I feel like that's um, that <laughs> becomes an an exorbitant amount.
0: It does. It's it's a lot of cash to send to be right. able to call it. I mean, it is a cash consideration. I'm not disputing that. Yeah, but, that's you know.
1: that's more I I'd, I'd put that in official check. I don't know that I'd put that in a shoebox.
0: Correct. So, all that to be said though, I love David Price. I love Mookie Betts too. I, I hope the best for them. It was the right thing to do, I I guess. I, I don't know. Can I offer a wasn't.
1: solution to your jersey enigma? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Just by players that are retired. Yeah, so I thought about that, but it's just different when you connect on uh, to them on like a uh, everyday basis right now, I guess. I, I I'm a hundred percent with you and like there are things like I own a Tom Brady jersey. That's pretty I mean, you know, overall should work out okay i could like i have dustin pedroia shirts which for better or worse i do you know like i have players like t-shirts and stuff like that but just when it comes to jerseys i'm just not a big jersey guy for that exact reason but you know what i will wear my david price jersey proudly i will you know i'll continue to wear it i don't care the one weird thing about david price is that his number changed on like a year-to-year basis so that kind of sucks yeah um, uh, so like this is a number ten jersey, but he wore like twenty four and he wore a bunch of others in Boston too, so like it that kind of sucks, but overall, I mean, Did you say that maybe it was a numbers game, yeah, there you go uh, involving the prices right i think yeah absolutely i i I'm just man, it just sucks that's all I can tell you I mean, good for the no. dodgers, I guess, but I I think
1: I think the Dodgers acquiring them like L.A.'s here to play perpetually. um, They're they're not letting their window close. That doesn't mean it's not going to close anyway, but they're doing everything they can to prolong their window. Hmm. And if I were a Dodger or a Dodger fan, uh, holy God, would I be so angry all the time right now?
0: So what you're saying the Dodgers are doing is what the Red Sox should be doing. Um. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yes. Keeping the uh, the core together. Yeah.
1: I think so. I I would I would focus a little more on Los Angeles currently for just a moment. Uh, and here's why. So for those, um, you know, our our show we like to appeal to you know the the person who would maybe catch a baseball game live but doesn't follow it, or to the person who can go right on into the stats and the numbers and the, these these uh, advanced analytics and everywhere in between. So, for the casual fan, it's worth reminding people that the Dodgers lost the World Series to the Houston Astros in 2017. And then in 2018, the Dodgers lost the World Series to the Boston Red Sox. And then in 2019, the Dodgers uh, didn't make the World Series, but they they were they had a deeper playoff run they, they lost in the National League Championship Series to the World Champion Washington Nationals. I almost called them the Senators. I know, right? <laughs> that was their name 50 years ago. Uh, anyway, awesome. so... I feel like not only are the Dodgers continuing to try and stay relevant and to try and stay like a powerhouse club, which they're going to be because they play in a garbage division, but they're also just fuming because of the Astros and potentially Red Sox cheating scandal. What do you think?
0: I, I, I see where your head's at. I, I don't know that. I mean, there's, I, I don't want to say there's not a, an element of that there. But, like, most of those guys on that team weren't on that team at that time, particularly with the Astros, because it's looking more and more like, I mean, some of the, you know, the things that have come out about Boston have been very, very different from what the Astros did. And you cannot conflate those things because it's kind of looking like Boston didn't really do a whole lot. We're going to we're going to know this week, but it's kind of looking that way right now. Like most of everybody that has made comments have alluded to the fact that there's not a lot there versus. We'll get into the Astros' perpetual PR disaster here in a moment, but it doesn't feel, feel like there's the same legs there. I'm gonna wait
1: until I read the report, mm-hmm. um, but let's. Uh, are, are, are we ready to, to pivot to to cheating scandal? Or? Well, I,
0: I wanted to wrap that up real quick, though. I want to wrap up that point, though, because I think a lot of those people were on the the 2018 team, the 2019 team, but like a lot of those guys are still younger and. I mean, it's going to make a difference to people like Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers, right? But I think once baseball gets started, a lot of this is going to die down. And I want to preface all of it with saying I think it's going to die down a lot. Because we're going to have something else to talk about other than this.
1: See, and this is where Justin and I fundamentally disagree. I think that this story will maintain solid legs i don't mean jelly legs but i mean solid perpetual talking points for the entire season because every time a club plays houston you know we'll say it's interleague play in july i can guarantee you that someone in the national league is going to start doing something or we're going to have to talk about you know potential rule changes to keep astros players from getting beamed
0: yeah but like, rob th- manford said yesterday that it is he is taking retaliation and everything incredibly seriously because he has to
1: Yeah, it's good that he's taking retaliation seriously, but he didn't take punishing the goddamn players for cheating seriously. This is horseshit. Okay, so we'll get into
0: that because you and I fundamentally disagree there as well. Uh, That's fair. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished, but we'll get into that anyway. um, But I think like there are very different things at play here, and I, I like we've talked about the Dodgers anomaly before and how they have basically a built-in 25 game win. Uh, plus there because of n- obviously that's not exactly exact science by any means but they're just in a terrible division you look at teams like the the Giants I was looking at, at rosters earlier like they're gonna be terrible they're gonna be even worse than they've been and they're and like at a lot of times that's intentional they're trying to sure. do that um, yep. you know the Padres aren't but the Diamondbacks aren't gonna be there yet there's there's a lot going on there so the Rockies are garbage they ha- they haven't managed to move Aaron uh, Arenado. you know there's there's a lot happening in that division Sure. I just think over a hundred and sixty-two game season, a story like that can only play so much of a a role. Now, it can work the opposite way because re- if you do remember the twenty seventeen Astros team dealt with a whole huge hurricane situation, or flood situation. I forget which. One. I think it was both something it was, like that. It was a
1: flood as a result of the hurricane. hurricane. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, there was that the twenty thirteen Red Sox with you know the whole bombing thing. Like there are definitely stories that span the season that go on that that paint a bigger picture i don't i I just think it's harder to stay pissed off over that that amount of time and that's where the like whole narrative of like oh well the the dodgers are going to want it more than anybody else starts to fizzle a little bit for me
1: so i i agree i think that they're professional athletes and they all want it i think that that yeah I don't know that they're going to be that they're going to win any games extra because the Astros cheated three years ago. Like to right. me, that's that's a
0: that's a point my my five year old would make. But there is a chip on the shoulder, is kind of your point.
1: Sure, it, it would help play into identity and play into that. But yes. I'm saying just with the moves that they're making this offseason, they're trying to maintain their relevancy.
0: Absolutely, and I mean more power to them if you can pull off a trade like getting Mookie Betts and. David Price for Alex Verdugo, who may or may not be involved in some sort of domestic violence type crap. We don't really know yet. The Red Sox said they did their due diligence, but uh, we've heard that that before from them. Um, And a guy named Jeter Downs, who was a lifelong Yankees fan, which I don't really care about because I would. It's going to go one way or the other with a guy named Jeter Downs in Boston. He's either going to be the best player the Red Sox have ever seen or it's going to be the worst. In yeah, which case There know, is and, no in between. There's no in between with him. So obviously I'm hoping. And and then a, a catcher. Like you didn't get a lot, but you also gave up. And then you so you gave up Mookie Betts, David Price, and fifty million dollars for a couple of prospects. And we've got we've already talked about how I feel about that as far mm-hmm. as trading a proven player for prospective proven players. That doesn't make any sense to me, whenever you have one of the top players in baseball. But They had to walk away. They had to get something if that was really what they were going to do, and they couldn't just afford to let him walk away. I will say, um, just to put a a bow on it, what the bigger picture is, and I want to preface this with saying: by no means do I think this will happen. There is a literally a point four percent chance that this happens. This will not happen. But Boston does reset the luxury tax now that they got off of this, and they could offer Mookie Betts just an absolute bag if they wanted to. Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see them doing it. Otherwise, I don't think they would have let him walk in the first place.
0: 0. 0.4. 0.4% chance. Got it. I'm just saying. It could happen, but it won't happen. Hey, it could happen. Make world. Exactly. There you go. What a callback. All Thank right. You. Well, I think that leads us into the cheating scandal. Um,. I guess I guess do you want to do want a reset
1: kind of where all what all's gone down just super high level because there's been a bunch of
0: stuff. There's been a lot of stuff. So we've gone over all the reports we've gone over all the you know, we read the report basically on the show. We broke down what exactly happened. They were banging on trash cans using an advanced, you know, uh, digital video system to steal signs and whatnot. Well, what we found out in the last week and a half and we talked about a little bit on the show that I did with the great Sambino and Jimmy Midtown this past week. But the front office was more involved, as far as the Astros go, the the front office was more involved than originally thought. And, you know, I mean, of course, that stuff runs all the way down. And we talked about a organization of systemic problems and systemic rottenness, which we sniffed out early on when we talked about the guy that freaked out in the locker room at the reporter Mm -hmm. way early on before all this even broke. And... We've come a long way, but we also have it right. So you and I were having this discussion, and and um, somewhat got off track on, with each other on it because it's one of those things. This is the biggest cheating scandal in sports history.
1: I'd say it's right up there.
0: It's definitely. I think it's the top one. What would you put ahead of it?
1: Uh, so in baseball specifically, or in all sports? All sports. Uh, well, shoot, just in baseball specifically, I think the fact that you had a team deliberately throw the World Series for money in 1919, mm-hmm. that's massive and cannot be undersold. Like no, players sure. have a lifetime ban. Eight players have a lifetime ban, you know, as a result of that. So I think that that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. This may, as it continues to, to sort of mushroom cloud, this certainly has potential to eclipse it. But I think that the other thing, and you got to kind of loop a lot of stuff into one thing is the overall steroids era of the nineties and not necessarily that it's deliberate cheating or gaining a competitive edge. But I think that that potentially if viewed as sort of one issue, quote, the steroid issue, keeping people out of the hall of fame, this has that sort of a feeling to it,
0: but nothing. So, okay. So with the steroid thing, nothing ever really like came to a head like this did. It just sort of has been long talked about and long been a thing, which I mean, you could make the case that definitely is irreparable harm regardless. You well,
1: or you could say that it, that it did come to a head because of like the home run chases, you know, we can't, we, no one will ever be able to prove that steroids gave, you know, the 98 Yankees, the ring or, or whatever. Like no one can say that specifically, Sure, but you can tangibly point to, the Ken Griffey Jr, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chase, really McGuire and Sosa uh and then the Barry Bonds stuff, you know, in 2001 setting 72 home runs in a year like all that stuff you can tangibly point to steroids.
0: For sure, but you can even more so, I don't know if you can really get, like rate tangible levels. I don't really know how that works specifically, but like levels of tangibility. Yeah, this like is be a, that a stat? Yeah, we need to get Sam in here to work on that. Um but like is that like we have a mountain of evidence and player you know confessions and all that stuff that this happened specifically uh, and it's against the rules like technically steroids weren't against the rules that's always been the weird argument well, that's with the
1: that. thing is we we read we read the rule book on the show maybe seven or eight episodes ago like mm-hmm. we went through and found every instance sign stealings not against the rules it, the use of digital you know digital systems to gain a competitive advantage that's what they broke so I 100% agree that they broke the rules. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, even though I'm a, I'm a Rangers fan, you know, like, take my T hat off right now, I'm just mad at the Astros for what they've done to baseball mm-hmm. because this is not what you need from a branding perspective.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I mean, pe- more people are talking about baseball than they're ever talking about it at this point, uh, at this juncture of the year, for sure. So, I mean, the, the argument could be made that, you know, there is no such thing as bad PR, even though this is not great PR.
1: Well, let's let's talk about bad PR because I would argue, yes, I I love that adage. There's all press is good press. There's no bad press, but I'd be willing to say the Astros owner kind of got some bad press this week uh, when pitchers and catchers reported.
0: It was pretty tough. We'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that. I want to continue talking about the overall scandal. The 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 one thing that and so you brought up the Black Sox thing and. So I think the difference here with that for me is you have to compare the times and what the sport is and or was then and what it is now. Right now, it's a money-making thing. It's a it's it's an entertainment product. At the end of the day, this that's all this is is an entertainment product. But it's a money-making organization. Back then it is, but it isn't, right? Like that wasn't the the overall priority. Like we just didn't quite put baseball in terms of like an entertainment product because it's not like you had a lot of TV. You didn't have any TV. Like you didn't have a lot of like Oh no, yeah. Like,
1: you, you didn't have TV or radio. It, I mean any it just it. isn't
0: the product product it is now. But by
1: comparison, baseball proportionally was a heck of a lot bigger than. Baseball was the sport. Hmm. Like not only did every town have a team, hmm. companies had teams, cities had teams, there were independent leagues. Like baseball was huge. And so for you to have um, you know, Kennesaw Mountain Landis came in as as a federal freaking judge before he became MLB commissioner, stating, "You know, this is what indeed happened in the largest sport in the nation at the time." You know, tangible gambling and cheating, and I think that that's you can't lose that. Like like we said, no. was well, it levels of uh, <laughs> tangentialness or whatever, <laughs> right, like,
0: tangibility. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. But I I think though that. Uh, the popularity was huge, and that's that can't be underscored enough. I'm hundred percent with you there, but i I, you know me, man. I'm always following the money when it comes to like shady crap like this, and the num the the money isn't near what it is now. There's no way. There's just no way. Well,
1: yeah, because a loaf of bread cost a nickel. Or-
0: <laughs> right. But, I mean, even if you put it into those those uh, money sure. terms from back then, what I'm saying is we fig like, over time, and that's the evolution of business, right, is you learn how to take something that people like or need and profit off of it. That's what baseball yeah. has done, and that's what any sports leagues have done over time always. Yeah, and, the
1: perpetual commoditization of it.
0: Right. So, like, while the way that the cheating scandal happened with the Black Sox, like, can't be underscored because it is crazy like the gambling like the the mob ties like all that crap is insane but like the fact that we're talking about billions of dollars here to win a world series of of like what like the difference that makes for a club now versus what it did then the the difference of what it means to the sport of banning players then versus what it does now like it's just very different. And and, and that's what this comes down to is it's, it's hard to compare them because.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, and I would, I would agree that this is definitely like the biggest one in our lifetime, but you know, are you wanting to talk about banning players? Because you just mentioned it. Sure. Like we could certainly have this conversation. Yeah. Um, so let's let's um let's zoom out just a little bit because in the initial Manfred report that came out, you know, what was it, four weeks ago, maybe at this point? Yeah, five like, weeks
0: ago. Feels like right a there. year ago.
1: You know, it talked about how um it specifically called out that this was player led, but the league was making a decision to not punish players and to only punish people who were in leadership capacity. is that Would you say that's adequate?
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's accurate, rather. Yes, because they gave... They, they essentially, uh, in 2017, Manfred issued a memo to the general managers and the managers of the club and said this will not be tolerated. You guys will be punished for this if this continues.
1: Correct. And yeah. then it did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... I don't think it's ever been proven but I, it sounds like Popular reporting is stating that one of the main reasons that the um, that the players were not punished was because they provided evidence. Not necessarily that they copped a plea deal or whatever, but they effectively copped a plea deal. Is Would you also say that that's accurate? Yes. Okay. However, as we sit here now, you know, February 17th, President's Day weekend, whatever, I don't know when this episode's going to be released – I would say that Manfred needs to be shuffling in his seat for not punishing players.
0: Okay. Wait, so uh, say more about that. So you mean, does he need to be out of that seat? Is that what you're saying?
1: Not necessarily, but he should at least be dramatically rethinking and potentially reversing his call because when the report came out five weeks ago, it didn't talk about the digital devices and the buzzers and the Bluetooth and all that. None of that was there. That's all new information. Mm-hmm. And yet, players are still getting by scot-free. And it's looking like, like you said earlier at the episode, yes, it's player-led, but there was a huge institutionalized system for cheating. Mm-hmm. But even within that case, these guys, your your Bregman's, your Correa's, like... They're freaking guilty. Yeah, How can absolutely. they... I feel like Manfred needs to punish the guilty parties, and he's
0: not. Hmm. Okay. I'll add some context there for you. Um, here's another side of that coin. You have a collective bargaining agreement with these players, mm-hmm. and here's what happens. You issued a memo to the general managers and the managers of the club saying you're going to punish them, them, if this continues, because they're ultimately responsible for the clubs. So the memo did not call out players. Correct. Okay. Yes. And you have a collecting bargaining agreement that protects players from the league and the league from players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. The problem ends up being you told a specific group of people that you're going to punish them if this continues. And they did. If they go on to punish players, players are going to fight that with grievances, and they're going to win those fights because they were never informed of this in the first place, even though they should have been.
1: You wouldn't say that. You wouldn't state that by them agreeing to be employees of XYZ Club and everyone having access to the rule book that that wouldn't legally put them on the hook, because That's, like, hey, you agree to work for this employer, you agree to abide by these rules whether or not Manfred's ruling in 2017 when he stated hey y'all don't do this would you potentially be saying that if in that warning as it were that uh, memorandum whatever we want to call it as it came out if he would have added a line for players that he would be fine to punish them
0: what that's how it works in a, a right to work state but they have a collective bargaining agreement which everything has to be spelled out To the letter. And so, let's use an example for a second. Let's say that we've been doing this podcast for almost 100 episodes. Almost. Hooray! Hooray! We'll even give ourselves an applause. (laughs) We like to pat ourselves on the back on this show. Um, And let's say that all of a sudden, one day, I decide to take issue with the word boring. Let's just use an example of the word boring. And then you say boring every single episode. Okay. And basically, I lay it down like, look, Sam, you're in charge of making sure that no one says boring on this episode. Okay. And say Sam does, doesn't do that, and you keep doing it. I turn around and say, Ben, you're out of here. And you're like, wait a minute. I didn't even know about this. I didn't even know this was a thing. And so I, there's not a well, – my point is like, you're not able to have a fair shake because you didn't know that was a rule. It, regardless of whether common sense says it should be a rule and regardless of whether it's written in the actual rule book or not, that's that I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is that's the the case against the league they're going to make. And let me tell you, if you think this is bad now, just wait till the league tries to punish players and they go in there and say you can't quantify what I did. You can't you didn't tell me about this in the first place. How could I possibly be responsible for this? There's not. They're going to start losing those cases, and it's going to look way worse for the major for Major League Baseball.
1: Okay, so it doesn't look that good right now for Major League Baseball. Absolutely
0: not. This would be way worse.
1: In your example, to make it what I would say slightly more accurate, if everything you said was true, except I was slid a rule book when I started the pod, and it said, um, "Hey Ben, don't say boring." mm-hmm so like they didn't that do that point that,
0: but that's the but the memo was issued to the general managers and the, the
1: memo like your memo to sam correct but remember the players have a copy of the rule book they know what a ball is they know what a strike is mm-hmm. they know what a bulk is like they have the goddamn rule book
0: i'm 100 percent with you but like the reason the memo was issued in the first place is because that's not in the rule book correct and so like that, that's my point is they're well, going to the co-
1: rule book does state the digital stuff you you can't use digital in order to gain your competitive advantage. And but- if Altuve's running down the base path with little electronic sensors like he's hooked up to an EKG you can't tell me that he didn't know that digital assistance is not allowed.
0: Okay, but we don't know that as a fact that that happened. Now, there's a lot of inferences that we can draw, And, and again, I'm not saying it didn't, not by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is... There are ways that they can wiggle out of this, and that will look so much worse for baseball because all of a sudden they have a sport that they can't control the players in in any way, shape, or form, and that looks way, way, way worse. You wouldn't
1: say that right now it looks like they can't control the sport in any way, shape, or form?
0: No, but like you guarantee it by losing those cases. Sure but if we want to talk
1: about the state of the collective bargaining agreement you know not that this is the employment law podcast with Ben and Justin
0: turning <laughs> just, that way
1: yeah what a, what a niche podcast <laughs> that would be um we're going to get our, our our fine folks at audibletrial.com/slm <laughs> to sponsor um no here's here's where we're here's where it's at though the state of the overall collective bargaining agreement is, is going to be bumped in the next 18 months anyway, as Correct. we continue to talk about you know the potential of a lockout. And this will only um, add to the complexity of, of the next negotiations. I agree completely with what you're saying, that in MLB's baseball's eyes, that, uh, or that in at the MLB's eyes, they cannot or should not rather punish the players because the memorandum didn't specifically state that players are not to be engaging in this activity. What I am giving you as a counterpoint, and I'm seeing your points, so I'd like for you to at least see mine, Please. is that. That's absolutely horseshit. No, I'm with I you. Like, with I don't with agree what they're with saying, it. Like I don't agree with it by any
0: means. It's garbage. But, yes. One hundred percent garbage. Like I'm not I'm with you. Like I do think players should be punished for this. But I'm just saying realistically, they're not because of
1: this. Right. And that's the problem. And I'm not I'm not saying that I, I that I don't understand why they weren't. What I am saying though is I I still disagree with it and I think it's it's absolute trash.
0: So I mean as we come on the next collective bargaining agreement. It's going to be interesting to see how they write this in because the players aren't going to want to give up a bunch of things that are going to that are gonna benefit the league and not them. Like, at the end of the day, everybody's watching out for themselves in these situations. Sure. And I, I don't really know exactly how you combat it specifically. That's more to be seen, I think, as things settle down a little bit. But I just, man, for me, like, I, I'm with you that I think, players should be punished and everything for this because it's like they cheated. But the biggest problem for me, when I think about how to do that is just how do you quantify it? And that's, that's not fair. And like, whenever you start the season, like you're talking about a sport that struggles with viewership in the first place. So when you start the season and you've got like a team, that's, you know, I mean, got a pretty big following. I mean, we're one of the bigger teams in baseball and, and, regrettably probably but
1: you- <laughs> no uh, and and i agree but i think that like you indicated um you know y- you have to be able to call it out and so the the false dichotomy that that i really don't enjoy is uh Astros owner Jim Crane uh what he said this week when pitchers and catchers reported they tried to have some sort of um, some sort of a press conference and he legit sat in his chair, and this is a direct quote. He he was talking to the news media, and he said that cheating didn't impact the game. Now, first off, pretty good. What an idiot! Like, yeah, yeah uh, Sam's not here, but what a huge piece of shit. So, secondly, um, then when he was rightfully called out on it by the media, he tried to parse it a little bit, and then he he did a complete one eighty. And maybe he just misspoke. I don't think he did. But I think he actually tangibly felt that, well, whatever. I'm sure that I didn't just have to fire my general manager and my coach you know, because of something that didn't impact my games. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And then on that same day, because the Astros went up there, they all tried to more or less tow a company line. They did abysmal at it. They had two players up there with them, the ones who were under contract for the longest. And then the news reporters went into like uh, the clubhouse and started interviewing other players. And I got to tell you, the right hand and the left hand do not know what they're doing.
0: My favorite part of that presser was whenever he bragged about them being the first team to win uh, over 100 games in three consecutive seasons in an actual press conference when they're talking about their cheating scandal.
1: Right. It's like, oh, by the way, not only uh, do I not think this impacted the game, but look at how awesome we did when, oh, yeah, we were cheating.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit easier when it comes to that, you know, and I mean, I think they, it's weird, right? That in any situation like that, you got to get on the same page. But they didn't do a good job of that at all. And I, I don't, one thing I, don't, I fail to understand about the Astros, and every team's got these things about them where it's like they're perpetually terrible at it. What's Boston bad at? They're bad at signing homegrown talent that's just how they're bad at it. And not to bring it back to that, but like I'm just saying every team has got one of those those things where they're just they seem to be blind to it always. And I swear man, the the Astros PR like blunders will be taught in college classrooms across the world. Yes, because of how terrible their responses have been to everything. How the hell did the Roberto Asuno thing happen with the whole the assistant to the general manager, jumping up and down, screaming at a reporter. How does that happen? And that was just tip of the iceberg. Little Little did we know.
1: Yeah, we didn't know at that time, but like that whole thing was ridiculous. So um, I'm not even going to use the word allegedly because Asuna was arrested for right. domestic violence, uh, I believe twice, but that might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, to J-Mac's point, at the end of the season, he is jumping up and down, chanting how proud he is that they have a Suna.
0: After he blew just, a save.
1: <laughs> after he blew a save, which is like the worst time to brag on someone.
0: And so, so talking more about how they've actually dealt with this too. So, they got to spring training when Pictures of Catchers reported. They didn't let the media in the ho- the clubhouse for two days and you know said they are going to have a big presser. They all got together apparently two hours, whatever. Jim Crane came out with whatever... That was, as far as statement, that we already talked about. And then he had Altuve and Bregman and some of the other players speak. Altuve and Bregman spoke for less than a minute total. It was just a prepared thing, too. It was absolute nonsense. Which is fine, except for the fact that everybody's story seemed to be a little bit different. And they had two days to get their stories straight. Right, and in some cases, they had more than two days. They had a couple of months. Right. Um, In some cases, the stories were just wildly different. Like, Carlos Correa, whatever the hell he's been talking about, he started talking about, so there was the video that came out to set the context. There was a video that came out of, we were talking about the Roberto Asuna thing in that game seven of the the ALCS. Altuve hit a walk-off to win the game to move on to the World Series. And he's running towards the plate and you can clearly see him in this video say something to the effect of don't pull my jersey, don't take my jersey off. Something to that effect. Right. And a lot of people think because he was wearing some sort of buzzer, which I I can't really comment on whether that's true or not because I don't know. Allegedly. But I can't believe that Altuve would come up with one story, which was something to the effect of, oh, his wife didn't want him to take his his jersey off because she doesn't like him out there without a shirt or something to that effect. And for Carlos Correa to walk along and be like, oh, well, he got a tattoo. And to be honest, it wasn't very good. So he didn't want the jersey pulled off. It's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Why are we answering any questions about this at all at this point? Right. Left hand and right hand, not knowing what's going on. Go out there, say what you want to say, put the statements out, answer the questions as best you can, and move on to Cincinnati.
1: They couldn't even do that. It's almost like they, they tried to
0: make mac and cheese and they forgot the cheese. Like, that's how bad this was. It's like they tried to make mac and cheese but only brought the powder cheese. Not even the macaroni. I mean, it just, the whole and thing. Spaghetti noodles. Right. The whole thing is absurd. It really is, and it just, it doesn't, like, none of it jibes. I'm with you, like, I understand the whole idea of the players needing to be punished and everything, but it just, there's not a viable way to do that, and it just makes it so much worse, though, when they're all out there telling different stories, and they're all, like, nobody's on the same page, and nobody is, underst- it doesn't feel like they're understanding the gravity of the situation because they know they're not going to be punished. Right, which is why they should be. Right, but... Yeah, we went into that already. They won't be, but right. that's why they should be. Right. And you know I guess that begs the question, like was baseball prepared for to handle something like this? And I Not at all. You can't say the is anywhere close to yes. No, I, I
1: think that uh baseball may have been prepared for a one off two off sort of cheating thing, mm-hmm. but not for like you know, if if you catch someone stealing from the register once, you're like, oh God, you know, I need to do something. But if you catch that for 18 months, someone's been stealing from your register every single week, that's not an issue with that person now. That's your ability to watch your own register.
0: I mean, that's the best analogy that I've heard yet to describe this thing. It, it really is. That's, I mean, I, I just, there there's so many top-down problems here. And I mean, do you feel like at its core, do you feel like Jim Crane knew what was going on? Absolutely. I don't think that, but I don't think that he cared to know either.
1: Yeah. I think that he, um, he knew that sausage was getting made and he chose not to look at how it is, which in my opinion makes you just as guilty. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I can. I can understand both sides of that point. and I can't
1: say that he sat there stating, yeah, Correa is going to wear this and Altuve is going to do X and we're going to get three bangs on an aluminum can for that. And no, sure. I don't think that no. per se, but I think he knew that they were up to something. And they said, cool, I don't have to know this so I can maintain plausible deniability. Mm.
0: I could very well see how you could not, though, because you could be far enough away from that if you have a general manager and all that. I'm not saying it's right or anything, but I'm just saying I think there's plausible deniability that you could be far away enough for it to not know that it was really going on, which would lead me to understand why he would bring up things like three 100 game, you know, 100 plus win seasons three consecutive times. I could see why that would cause him to bring that up if he's not living in the reality of this actually happening.
1: Well, and that's where to me it just makes him look like an idiot. Well, right. But And, and out of touch, just ridiculously out of touch.
0: Does it matter, though?
1: So because they're not stripping title or suspending players, no. Okay. I think if there were actual consequences, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The most, like, in now looking back to it, when everything went down, um, you know, and the Astros got punished, we were talking about the suspensions and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I think now the most tangible issue, or the most tangible thing that happened to the Astros is they lost draft picks. Mm-hmm.
0: MLB agreed to that in a collective bargaining agreement. I keep going back to that, but like that's what they agreed to. Like this could have happened anytime. Sure. And, and the and the association agreed to that. So like I in a way, like this is the kind of thing that can happen. That's whenever like, you don't hold on. Hold are.
1: on. But that's like saying that um that that line of thinking is like saying that well hey you agreed to buy an automobile from joe's piece of crap automotive and just because it didn't have an engine that's on you you're the one who bought the thing
0: that's how life works i
1: understand how life works i'm i can still disagree with sure (laughs) how life (laughs) works
0: good to know (laughs) (laughs) um no but I, i I'm with you I understand like that's a very linear way of thinking about it but when it comes to a a very plain Jane like can we punish these people can we like what can we do about this they're hamstrung because they didn't anticipate something like this happening but and we made the argument that they should have
1: absolutely they should have
0: and they should anticipate that more things like this are going on still Mm -hmm. the heat is not off of anybody.
1: Uh, You you shared a a tweet the other day, and it was effectively like, hey, you know, if you think this is bad, understand why Major League Baseball is not shining a flashlight in every nook and cranny of other teams because they have reason to suspect that this is going on. Right. And I'm not going to sit here like a naive purist and say that, well, clean it up and get rid of everyone. Like, I know that that's not how it's going to work, but I can still want better. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. No, I I 100% am with you there. It sucks that. That's the case, but it is what it is. and um, But that doesn't mean that we can't help hope for a more idealistic state. And that's that's your point. Especially
1: with the upcoming collective bargaining agreement. Because now that this has all gone down, it would not surprise me at all if one of the sticking points coming up that the Players Union is going to be lobbying against is the ability for MLB to put, to punish individual players in situations like this.
0: To be clear, though, so yes, but to be clear, they do have that right to do that. I'm just saying that the the problem is in the minutiae here because yep. what ends up happening is there is a gray area, a gray area that you can't account for and that Major League Baseball knows they can't account for. Believe me when I say that I do think that Major League Baseball would have considered suspending people and doing that if they thought that there wasn't a way that they could wriggle out of it. And that is what I what the biggest concern is because if they the do the players, you mean? No, the, the the sport, the the league. They would want to they would definitely want to punish people for this. But the fact that there is gray area and minutiae that they could potentially legally argue out of Got it.
1: That the players could argue. Yeah. Correct. Okay. That's I'm what
0: baseball you. has to consider. And unfortunately that's what they're up against. So like and like I don't really know because I've been trying to think about this a lot, like and I alluded to this a second ago, but like I don't really know what language you can write into a collective bargaining agreement where everybody will be happy that will allow the league to punish people with impunity. The other point I want to bring up when it comes to all of this, and a very big overarching issue here is Rob Manfred doesn't work for Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred works for the owners. Mm -hmm. So whatever is in best interest of the owners is what's going to happen. Yep. And... That allows people like Jim Crane to be completely unplugged. I mean, did you know his name before this all happened? No, not exactly. at all. Exactly. We don't, uh, you know, I mean, I, I rag on John Henry just about every week, so everybody knows his name. But, you know, aside from that, I, I just, uh, these guys operate in the background a lot, and Rob Manfred is just like Roger Goodell, is just like Adam Silver. He's paid to be the face of all this through good times and bad.
1: He's hamstrung in that way, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. I think that the whole thing though, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when the Red Sox report comes out this week to see what was going on there. I'm wondering if major league baseball is going to be more dexterous and deft as it comes to what they put in this report or how they state it because of how bad they've seen this thing goes. They, they, they stated out, these are the facts of the case, only to then have other facts come out afterwards. So I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons that it's taken so long is that they're really looking at it, which to your point makes you think, uh, hey, as a Red Sox fan, I'm not as worried about this just based on some of the things you've been hearing.
0: Well, I mean, Cora's gone. Like, there's, I don't, here's what I'll, I'll say the Red Sox named a manager this past week. I don't think they would have named a manager if they thought that this was going to come out. Any, any, Anything that's even close to as bad as what the Astros are dealing with right now. I really don't think they would. Correct. Have. So, Yeah. All that said, where do the Astros go from here? Stop talking. Number 1 is is should be
1: there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close your mouth. <laughs> um I think that they're they're going to they're I think they're going to be better about the company line. I think under um who's their new manager? Buster um No, um Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. I would love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd love a good na- manager named Buster though. Yeah, hopefully Buster uh, no, Posey can manage at some point.
1: That's what I was thinking. Anyway, I think that under Dusty Baker, it's going to be just back to the company line. Hey, we're going to go out here. We're going to try to win one game, one game at a time, one pitch at a time, one inning at a time. Like that's that's going to be what they go to as soon as the season starts up. Um, And they'll just repeat that enough to where people get sick of asking questions. That's where the Astros go from here.
0: Could they have hired a bigger snooze of a manager to get through all this, to just kind of sleep his way through the rest of this scandal? He's 70 Not years really. old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Not really.
1: No, I, I I don't think there could have been a more generic, boring hire. But I, I don't think they wanted to make any more headlines. I think they wanted people to leave them the heck alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yo, a hundred percent agree with that. And there's no doubt about that. That that's the angle they were going for here. I don't. I mean, he is an experienced manager, but he's not accomplished by any stretch of the imagination. I'm. I. I get why they made that hire, but. I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm glad the Red Sox didn't go that way. I, just name a bench coach or something. Who cares? Like, you're you're going to be in a year that's pretty much a punt anyway. You're going to be engulfed by a scandal a lot of this year. It's going to be hard to play through that. Just do what you got to do, which no, I guess is kind of the goal here. They did give him a one plus uh, one deal with a team option for the second year. Let me ask you this. So let's say that the Red Sox report comes out and it's next to nothing. It's just pretty much a nothing burger, especially cons- compared to to what the Astros did. And the Astros have said themselves, like, it stopped working. Again, that's not an excuse to for them to have stopped doing it or do it less or anything like that. But, like, they said themselves that it, it stopped working. And now Major League Baseball has somebody in the booth all the time anyway. So Now they th- do, yes. Correct. And they did at the beginning of the 2018 uh, World Series. Or I think it was the playoffs. One of the two. I can't remember. I don't want to misspeak either way. Sure. But they got those people in there, which makes sense to me. What happens if the Red Sox are pretty much, you know, it, it ends up coming up that nothing really happened there, that, you know, the players are all confident that nothing happened, nothing happened. They prove that. Where does that leave Alex Cora for you? Uh, so
1: two things. One, don't count your chickens. I know that you're very not, confident. and I'm I understand. not. I,
0: I'm, I'm posing a hypothetical only.
1: Okay. All right. I just don't want the hypothetical nope. to then be like, oh yeah, the hypothetical. Yeah. Okay. Um. For me, Alex Cora is still the person who orchestrated this.
0: Like, but, okay, so you can say that, but then there are a lot of things that have gone all the way up to the GM that say that that may not necessarily be true.
1: But didn't it indicate that in the the report that this came out under Cora and his, um, like this was his idea?
0: So it did say that, but again, further information has come out since then that is basically it'll go into like orchestrations of the plan I, I actually yeah. read it the last episode a, a, a little bit but I didn't go into a ton of it I didn't want to overwhelm it all but he was an accomplice in the plan I would say but this went all the way up to the general manager he the general manager at least knew about it and I'm not trying to take the blame off of Korra and place it on somebody else but like yeah there's been a lot that's come out since then that have kind of alluded to like like situations where it's talking about the the general manager interacting with the team and Alex Cora's name not even being mentioned.
1: Correct. And so for me, that's where it's going to come out. Like I'd say not not in the 2020 season and not in the 2021 season, but in the 2022 season, he'll be back in baseball.
0: I would be willing to say that he could be back in the Red Sox manager seat after a year off.
1: So the way that the Red Sox did their hiring, it would not surprise me. It's like they they left enough wiggle room to where they absolutely could. Now, because he no longer has a job, as long as he stays out of baseball, does he count as time served for his suspension, or how's that going to work?
0: He just has to be out for that year. But he hasn't been suspended yet. But I'm assuming that he will be Okay, coming up. But he hasn't technically... He wasn't like... Because remember, that was the whole thing with the reporter. The very, very initial report was that they suspended Hinch and the GM and then they were going to wait until the Red Sox one was done to, That's right. to give Cora That's right. something. Nope, so he, he hasn't technically had anything yet. Will he? Probably so. We'd already talked yep. about that. But after a year, uh, Sam is really under the impression that A.J. Hinch will be a manager again. I don't think so. But I could see... I, honestly, I don't I really don't see that happening with Cora, but i I would not be surprised to be living in a world where that did happen.
1: right. I, I think that Hinch is a little more, for whatever reason. I'm not saying right, wrong or indifferent. I think Hinch is a little more in the public eye, untouchable. At this juncture, Mm -hmm. because my opinion, I see it differently. I think that Cora should be the more untouchable one. And we may disagree on this, but I would say that because of the way that the Astros scandal started and then because of the potential Red Sox scandal the following year that we still are waiting for information on. For me, Cora is the more untouchable individual.
0: But, yeah, and I guess that's why I posed the question, because if nothing comes out, like, say that nothing happened in Boston and it was just isolated to that Astros thing, I get why the team had to cut bait with him when they did. But at the same time, if he didn't do it there, you're punishing, you're firing him for something that he did prior because of a PR move more than anything else. I could just see a case where they would bring him back. I don't. I honestly don't think they will, but I could just see them being able to make that case and that actually kind of fly.
1: Yeah. No. I. I, I agree. It's. It's part where should they, shouldn't they, will they, won't they? Like they could, but like you said earlier with the uh, um bets coming back to Boston, what point four percent chance probably do. Yeah.
0: And, and my other thing about it too is like with AJ Hinch, it's just a different. It's a different crime, if you will, quote unquote. Right. Like. His biggest mistake is he didn't stop it from happening and has further gone on to say essentially like, you know, that was on me and like that is part of my, you know, the organizational control. I can't sit there and want to say that the players would have absolutely stopped if he would have told them to. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, who knows? That's all conjecture. That, yep. You know,
1: Pure hypothetical. Absolutely. At
0: this point. But the lack of organizational control thing is the sticking point that I always come back to with him. And if I am I have a $2 billion asset and I'm looking at all these candidates and he's just someone that didn't sh- illustrate that, I, I don't see how I could make that case. That's just my personal opinion, but I think that a lot of owners would look at it probably in similar.
1: No, I, I agree. I think that it undermines your supervisory credibility. So I think that not that... For example, if you were the Red Sox right now, so let's take a, a a slightly untouchable, not truly untouchable, but slightly untouchable manager, maybe a manager with baggage. If you're the Red Sox right now, would you go back to Cora or would you take someone like Ron Washington?
0: Not Ron Washington specifically, but... Um, someone who's had issues and... It would just depend on what their resume is like for me. I don't really care about much of that other than like what they've actually done. Have they been successful? Like a Dusty Baker is an unacceptable hire to me. I think I told you guys, like you will find me hanging from a shower curtain if they hired Dusty Baker, if the Red Sox yes. did.
1: I remember exactly. No, I, I think it was a little less macabre. I think you <laughs> said you'll quit the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yes.
0: I will just pout all year long. Something to that effect. Yeah. I, I That, that's an unacceptable Whoa. hire for me in that, again, in this whole context. But so if you're looking right. at those two, give me Alex Cora all day long, it, it, like, be, assuming he didn't do anything in Boston.
1: And to be fair, if the um, if the Red Sox do as poorly this year as they did last year, you're going to be pouting starting in May again anyway.
0: That's almost a guarantee, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to I'm going to warn the listeners, too, if they're still listening at this 59 minute mark here, I will exhibit weird behavior over this year. I will dig my t- my heels in, I will pout, I will whine, I will be a general miserable jerk ass. But here's the other side of that. Whenever we first started this podcast, what happened the very first year we had it? My team won the World Series and that was the best thing that could have happened for our show starting. This is the other side of that roller coaster, buddy, and it is not fun. At least you can hang your hat on the fact that it's mediocre always. That's right. The highs Texas and lows. Ranger
1: baseball. Right. The highs I, and lows. I
0: teasingly st-
1: say that the T on my hat stands for terrific, where realistically it stands for tepid at
0: best. <laughs> tepid at best. I love it. Well, I'm excited for the season to start. We're going to be back full-time running here in a couple of weeks. It is mid-February. Mid-March we'll probably be run- off and running. We'll be doing our, uh, our normal show with Jimmy Midtown where we make all of our uh, preseason picks. Hopefully, you remember to put them in the spreadsheet this time, Ben, so you know that you don't... Uh, Lose a bunch of lo- uh, wins and losses somewhere. You know, I
1: think we came up. I I had missed about thirty games that <laughs> I should have counted.
0: It Th- didn't matter. You didn't assign them to anybody that would have mattered anyway. So it didn't no, that's right. That. That's a I good assigned thing.
1: them to my dog. That's where I assigned those wins.
0: There you go. It was a episode like five tradition that we started. We've been doing it all the way. We're gonna keep on doing it. So we'll do our our season predictions. We're gonna have more guests this season we're going to have uh we got a new ballpark opening right down the road from ben baseball and i so lots of content there lots of good stuff to come i'm excited for this baseball season
1: dude i am so excited for this season and if you like what you're hearing make sure to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. uh there's your one-stop shop for podcast blogs plus don't forget we have other podcasts it's not just this amazing baseball one do you like basketball do you like reality television? Do you like entertainment in general? Chances are we have a podcast for you. Make sure to check it out. Of course, huge thanks to JMAC for producing this and every other episode. Um, and then don't forget to rate, review, subscribe because that really helps us out. Once again, we are a product of um, Sensibly Loud Media with special sponsorship status granted by audibletrial.com slash SLM. So don't forget to check that out.
0: We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 99 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. We'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. We miss Sam.